0: Now, it's the Columbia Check-In with Lieutenant Governor Pamela Ebbett on the Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers on Talk 94.5. Good morning, Lieutenant Governor. Good morning, Liz. Can, Can you believe it's only been seven days and all that's happened in seven days?
1: I know. You're right. Since we last spoke. It's like a, it's a different world. Roe v. Wade was overturned. And, uh, you know, I, I was trying to do some research because I started heard, hearing about trigger bills. I never heard of a trigger bill before. Um, so did, did we have one in South Carolina? No, for- so we did not. Mm-hmm. We did
0: not. They, they tried to get it in uh, towards the end of session, but they just couldn't get it through. Um, but the good thing is we had the heartbeat bill. Right. And the heartbeat bill was the law of the land here in South Carolina. And then, as you know, Planned Parenthood uh, filed an injunction to stop that. The attorney general's office was handling the appeal on that, along with, um, you know, the governor watching, you know, because this was a, 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 a piece of legislation that was very near and dear to his heart. And so when this past week, you saw that a judge ruled that the heartbeat bill could now, in fact, be what rules here in South Carolina. So that's where we are now. The heartbeat bill uh, law is in effect. So, um, you know, it, it's just amazing to me how Joe Cunningham continues to try to lie to people. I mean, that's so much so that the governor had to put out a statement, apparently, um, Joe Cunningham came out and said that mothers, Mm -hmm. that if 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 a mother was if if a woman was raped and she had an abortion, that she would spend more jail time. She would spend more time in jail than the person that raped her. Wow! And that and that is completely false.
1: And you know, so maybe uh, you can tell us what is in the heart bill. Um, You know, we we heard that. uh, You know, briefly, I just played a, a little clip that um, you know, that lawmakers will be getting together, I think it's uh, July 7th or something like that, to talk more about yeah. the heartbeat bill. So what exactly, where exactly are we at? So uh, the heartbeat bill is... That's passed uh, and signed?
0: It's passed and signed mm-hmm. and, and now law. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically abortions in South Carolina are illegal once a heartbeat is detected. So no exceptions. general rule... A Six to eight weeks, there is some exceptions. Uh, rape and incest is an exception, uh, but health of the mother has always been in play. Like, we always worry about health of the mother. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think you see the other side trying to confuse people, yes. to incite people, saying women are going to now die. If you have an ectopic pregnancy, they won't be able to help you. Those are all lies. Mm-hmm. So I I just wish I really want our news media to start doing some fact checking. I think that's what's really been lacking here in the last week. Uh, You know, again, Joe Cunningham's statement talking about you know uh, you know women that are raped will go to jail they're they're if they choose to not have the baby and that is false based on law. But nobody really has called that. We have called it out. Uh, but we really need uh, now all of our, our stations to start really getting their fact checkers out there, right? Because now this is when things start to really accelerate in a general election. You need to start making, putting holding everybody's feet to the fire. If you're going to say something, make it the truth and so, stop lying just to get a headline.
1: So um, I'm going to ask you some questions because I don't know the answers to these questions. So if okay. someone is um, 11 years old gets raped, um, is already, you know, able, you know, gets pregnant from that. Under this heartbeat bill, she could have a an abortion b- before the six to eight weeks, you know, before the hi- heartbeat is detected. I mean, this is the way I understand it. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So
0: I, I, and, and the nuance of that, I, okay, so I always say, like, I'm not an attorney. So if I read a piece of legislation if it's put into lie try not to be the one to tell everybody all the rights and wrongs of it technically because we all know once you get into a courtroom or once you have two attorneys in a room God knows everything is subject to interpretation right okay. but you know but I think the the basic the basic premise was that I want people to understand you know at, at, rape and incest is something that I don't hear people talking about a lot. Right now, what everybody's talking about is health of the mother. And I think is that's where you get the most people, even people that are very pro-life, mm-hmm. become very scared when you start, you know, talking in to absolutes. make people think, that's right, trying to make people think like, okay, I have a daughter. Mm-hmm. If she had an ectopic pregnancy somewhere down the road and was going to die, I would want somebody to save my daughter, right? Of course. The baby's not viable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you know. You're starting. You're starting a little bit. I saw yesterday some pushback in the pro-life movement saying, "Listen, going in to have to terminate a pregnancy and going in because you have a medical problem due to your pregnancy—that is two completely different right. things." And trying to give people like a clear view to look at how how you how should you really be looking at this, but. You know, that's all I have seen since Roe v. Wade has been turned around in the Dobbs case. one in the Supreme Court was women are going to die. Women are going to die. That is not. That is, couldn't be further from the truth. Is that doctors cannot protect the mother, and nobody wants that, right? No, I mean, well, I, but I am, this is
1: this is where my question comes in because, like, I I would have you know, and for for example, like you're saying, you know, hey, listen, you know, everything has to be considered. Um, you can't talk in absolutes, but I I was giving you the example of the 11-year-old, you know, we find out is raped and she's now pregnant and what are we going to do about it? But let's just say, you know, an 11-year-old may not know what just happened to her. She may not talk about it. And then she's two, three months pregnant. And the parents say, oh my gosh, you know, what happened? you know?" And then they say I was raped. Okay, well, now you're pregnant. Now you're three months pregnant.
0: So well, I, yeah, I I again, I I never say something I'm not completely sure of, but I think the way the law is written is that's why it's an exception.
1: And that's why that. I'm I'm saying to you the reason why we're all confused is because nobody can tell us exactly. You know, like who who am I supposed to ask, you know? We have all these these questions and one of the other questions I have, Lieutenant Governor is like, you know, we we're talking about the heartbeat bill. What are we? What is the uh, consequences if someone does get an abortion? You know, you know, twenty year old, twenty five year old decides, hey, uh, yo, I didn't know I was pregnant, and they, she goes to the doctor. Well, well, you're pregnant. That's what's wrong with you. What? Oh my gosh. Oh, you're 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 like maybe two months, three, you know, two and a half months along. We don't know exactly. Oh okay, well, uh, I don't want this baby. I want to have an abortion. And and she goes and somehow finds out a way to have an abortion within the state. What are the consequences? You know, uh, is that laid out in the bill? Well, I believe the consequences fall on who performs
0: and not so much on the the mother, right? Um, So— that's where it's focused. But I think that's you, you bring up a really good point. I think because the heartbeat bill, really, which was in, less, in effect less than probably 15 hours before the injunction was filed, we probably need to do a better job of letting people know exactly what that bill, like all the little nuances, yes. maybe like a great white paper to put out there. And I think that's something um, that I'm going to ask be done and make sure that that gets you so you can actually share that with right, everybody because listening. that's why
1: the media is not able to push back because we don't even we're not even clear on it like i, I mean I, I i keep looking and looking i just see heartbeat heartbeat i don't know anything else about it so you know people are saying are you going to you know prosecute the woman who remember that whole thing when they tried to nail trump on that they asked are you going to put women in jail for getting an abortion when it's against the law Um, you know, so, and, and he was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place with that answer, but, you know, uh, I guess it's, you know, who performs it, but, you know, there's this opportunity to get telemed and, uh, I was reading 54% of abortions you can get with the, um, abortion pill, you know, the pack of pills, you take this one, you take that one, you have an abortion in your house, um, on your own. I mean, there's, there's very scary. So
0: any woman that does something that should be, Really scared, and that's why it is really, uh, it really gets to the core of who I am when people talk about how this is women's health. Because what could be more unsafe than doing a process like this at home alone? Mm-hmm. where anything can go wrong and you could literally be hemorrhaging on a floor yes. and nobody even know you're there
1: exactly
0: nobody understanding what's just going on that comes home to try to help you because you can get that, that is not with the healthcare. second trimester
1: you can have it I couldn't even imagine going through that alone <laughs> in the second trimester could you imagine exactly
0: exactly and I think that's what we have to really focus on right yes. is that when they they the the Democrats Planned Parenthood, everybody that is in this kind of culture of death choice movement, you know, they always have a message that resonates very simplistically, very general, but kind of resonates with people, right? Like women's health. Do this or people will die. Like mm-hmm. it's very, it gets to your heart and you think, oh my goodness. But right. there's no facts rooted in it, right? And I think that's where you're right. We have to do a better job. Of basically calling out those lies. Like, this is not good women's health. <clears throat> Nobody would think that performing something like this at home qualifies as a good women's health practice. It's not. Choice, you know, I, I, I can't understand. You have a million choices before you get pregnant. Once you're pregnant, it's not just you, right? And I think most, most people are shocked when I tell them that a fetus feels pain at 15 weeks. And most countries, developed countries, European countries, because we keep hearing this, like, oh, my God, now we have less rights, and now women are going to die, and, and mm-hmm. our, our country has turned backwards. Well, what mo- they're not talking about is that most European countries, you can't, they have a pain, to- a, a pain tolerance bill in play in their law. You can't even have, you can't even talk about abortion after 15, 12 to 15 weeks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so when we talk about how backwards we are, let's talk about how medieval we have been, that we sat with China and North Korea, some of the worst violators of human rights and what we're allowing to happen with abortion in this country. And so I think that becomes the facts that we should be pushing out so that a younger generation who doesn't know anything, you know, their entire life has been, they've been raised under the Roe v. Wade law can now really get good facts. And we have to make it simplistic, Liz. Yes. We, have to, we do have to make I wanna it be. Easier. I
1: want to be part of this. Like, I want to be able to communicate this clearly. Like, this is what it is. This is what happens if it's not followed. And this is what our state is doing because of because this is going to have ramifications. I don't even know how many abortions are performed in the state and for what reasons they're being performed. And, and what is going to be the follow up to this? Because now it's going to change. You know, the fact that maybe there are going to be a lot more women having babies here in the state or maybe there'll be an, an, an a a, um, a reeducation or, or, or a beefing up on explaining to people more about birth control and abstinence and options before you get pregnant. Like there needs to be something in place to now complement this heartbeat bill. I don't know if that's well, in place, but we need to find well, out and I, I'm not well, finding it.
0: So that's what I'll do. You know, like I said, a year ago, I felt like I knew every criteria, and now a year has passed, and I don't want to, like, say, this is absolute, and then go back Mm -hmm. and say, ah, I was wrong. It was my understanding that the exceptions are in play after the heartbeat starts, Mm -hmm. right? So kind of like in your example, that's why there are exceptions. Right. To the heartbeat cutoff. I'm 99% sure of that, but I'm going to... I kind of re-educate myself on the ins and outs of it here, and make sure you have a good white paper on it, so you yes. can talk about it and educate your listeners. Um, I think that's great. Now, the ad hoc committee that's coming back is going to talk about row weight. and they're going to talk, about, you know, about now that it's been overturned, is the heartbeat bill that's the law right now. Do we need to make any changes to it? They're going to hear testimony on that, um, you know. So uh, that will all be happening on the seventh. Uh, When the ad hoc committee comes back in, I know Representative McCravey has been chosen to um, kind of be the leader on that front. So, you know, stay tuned because there may be some changes or tweaks or nuances to the bill that sits in place now.
1: Okay. That's good to know. We have a question on the Mobile Outfitters text line. Nikki?
2: Yeah, uh, the individual wants to know, first of all, are any of our taxpayer dollars going to any of the Planned Parenthood agencies in the state? And if so, what is it that the uh, legislation or the administration, being McMaster's, uh, you guys, what can you do to stop it?
0: So Governor McMaster put a stop to that a few years ago, making sure that he stopped funding to any facility uh, state dollars, state tax dollars. That's where all he can control. Uh, to any facility that was performing abortion. So that has been done up until the point that the heartbeat bill was passed. We were making sure that South Carolinians, who really came out and said, listen, uh, we don't want our money going towards this. Uh, We took every precaution we can. Uh, We helped fund, uh, you know, we helped support. You know, the governor, uh, when President Trump was president, went out and saved uh, Miracle Hill. You know, Miracle Hill came under scrutiny because of adoption practices that they had. They were a Christian adoption agency, and they were they were definitely worried that they were going to be closed down because of those practices, and Governor McMaster went to bat for them. So we were kind of always putting things in place, making sure that we were very sensitive to people who were very pro-life. Uh, with with every means we could until the heartbeat bill was passed.
1: Um, Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evitt Max, our intern, has a question for you. Come on, Max.
2: Yeah, so um, I, I, I kind of see, I mean, you, you, you kind of brought this up earlier uh, in your answer to one of the other questions, but I, I notice a lot of kind of, I guess, younger women and, and people of, of the younger generation kind of growing up in the, you know, prior to this overturning of the Roe v. Wade with the mentality that, you know, we can use protection, we can take precautions, but ultimately we have the backstop of abortion. And now with that no longer being the case, at least nationwide, um, how can we kind of instill a different mentality, um, kind of reinvigorating the importance of using all protection necessary and kind of, um you know because I, I just feel like all the pushback against this decision and, and protests we've seen all over the country instead of just accepting the decision and kind of adapting to the new uh, the new environment in the country, um, how can we kind of I guess take efforts locally and nationwide to kind of uh, instill a new mentality in in I guess protecting protecting people as opposed to um, you know trying to fight back?
0: Well, Max, I think that's a great question. I think, again, that's a vital thing. I think doctors need to come together, hospitals, parents, you know, we have to now change this narrative, you're right, is that we have all kinds, this is, this is not the pre row generation where there isn't a lot of different options if you don't want to get pregnant. So I, I think we have to talk about that. Get that word out. I I, I really think, too, that we have to, that all starts at home. You know, having conversations uh, with our children when they get to that age, when you think that, you know, parents are very intuitive when they think their children are, um, you know, heading to that phase of their life. I think it has to start at home, but I think doctors need to reiterate that. I think probably public service messages isn't a bad idea. Just to, to talk about it, but but again, as a parent, I don't really want a lot of that on TV, right? So, what's the best route to get to the kind of to the um, age group that we're trying to get to without you know striking a lot of questions? Because you know, there's a lot of parents who want to keep our kids. I think that's key. You know, how do you keep your kids young and innocent? I think Nick would chime in on this, right? Mm-hmm. How do you keep them young and innocent? for as long as you can, right? Stay so involved
2: can... is my answer.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, I think that's a great question and something we should all brainstorm together, but you know, Max, there's been a lot of a lot of talk about contraception and a lot of talk about this issue for as long as I can remember. So, I don't know if it's that people don't know and don't have the outlets or do now maybe this ruling basically reawaken people to say, "No, you know, I have to really focus on this. Like, if, if this is something I'm going to do, if I'm going to play in the adult world and I need to make sure that I'm being responsible, because now you're right. You don't have that backstop.
2: Yep.
1: Very good. Well, thank you so much, Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evitt, for joining us. And we did share the great news about South Carolina veterans uh, no longer... Getting taxed on their military retirement income—that was big news.
0: Well, that, that is great. I, you know, that just proves, you know, what we've been saying all along is that we are so proud of our veterans here in South Carolina, and we definitely consider ourselves a very proud military state. So, kudos to the General Assembly for getting that done. And um, and I, I just uh, I hope they're feeling I hope they're feeling the love and respect that we we wanted them to feel when we were passing this and welcoming them. We need a workforce here. So if you're a veteran, come on to South Carolina. We want you here.
1: All right. Very good. Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evitt, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again next week.
0: All right, guys. Have
1: a great week. All right, And
0: and happy, happy Fourth of July. I hope everybody has a safe and happy holiday weekend with their family.
1: Absolutely. Happy Fourth of July. We'll talk to you next time.
0: Thank you.